Well, welcome to Infuse Church. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Gary. Uh, obviously, with my lovely wife, Jane, we pastor the church here. So welcome to you online as well. It's great to have you with us and uh, pray that this message touches people as we dive in. I'm not sure uh, if you're aware, but uh, the theme for us as a church uh, this year is to arise. It's time to arise. Arise is, uh, it means to activate our connections. It means ramping up our worship, investing our gifts, stretching our faith and engaging with our community. So the foundation of the, this whole thing about arise is that we are seeking God's presence, standing on God's promises and also being filled with God's power. And that's what I want to lean into this morning. In the weeks past, I've spoken about God's presence and I've spoken about the promises of God. But this morning, I want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure if you are aware or not, but we are a Pentecostal church. We are a Holy Spirit-filled. We are a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled church. We are passionate about what God's done and what God is doing and what God will do through us. But we believe in speaking in tongues. We believe in uh, the power of the Holy Spirit being poured out over us for today. The, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. People can walk in the gifts of healing, the gift of miracles, the gift of faith. We can walk in those because God empowers us to do so by the power of His Holy Spirit. There's faith that arises in our hearts as we do that because the Spirit of God takes what's in the Word of God and, and then just breathes life to that. So uh, one of the things that we believe is that uh, we recognise God's voice is easier to hear when we've been in His presence. The way that I learned to respect my dad was by being in his presence and going to him when he called me. But he, you know, then I, I probably deserve the smack in the head I got. But um, God's not like that. God is not there waiting to beat us up. He's there to love us, embrace us, to, to, to come alongside of us and guide us in life. You know, so uh, my intention today, this is my intention for this message, is that we are challenged to tell people that we love, those that we work, rest and play with, sounded like a Mars bar ad, but those people that we are living with, the people that we're working with, the people that who live next door to us, the people that we meet in the street or buy produce from at the shops, we're telling those people about God's grace and God's forgiveness. So I'm just going to pray into this message, then I am going to hit the big red button that launches me. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you breathe on this message. I've done everything I know how to prepare this message, to prepare my own heart. And I pray right now that you light a holy fire in the hearts of your listeners. Right now that there is a holy anointing that just stirs in people's hearts to want to do what your word proclaims for us to do. Not because we have any power or ability in ourselves, but because the Holy Spirit moves through us to bring about divine revelation of who you are as we speak to people about what you've done in our lives or are about to do. And I pray in Jesus' name for the transforming power 
of your spirit upon us all. In Jesus' name, amen. Over the last few months, I've had started to see some things from the Word of God uh, about the power of the Holy Spirit. Because as I've read the, the book of Acts, and I've, I've camped predominantly in the book of Acts over the last couple of months, I believe that there is a dynamic link, a life-giving link between the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through us and it's connected to us telling people and being a witness of Jesus. There's a dynamic link. I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit will either flow before we speak, the power of His Spirit will flow through us before we speak so that we can tell others what Jesus has done or that the power of the Holy Spirit will flow after we speak because we're stepping out in faith in response to a need that's before us. Do you understand what I'm saying? That either the Spirit of God has flown through us in the past and He's done something significant and He's done something so, so wonderful, so amazing that we then stand up and we say to someone or to a family member or to, to other people around about us, this is what Jesus did. So there's a flow of the Holy Spirit and there's a testimony. Or he, you know, we, we, we testify beforehand. Uh, you know, we see a need. Can I pray for you? That's seeing a need and testifying because what you're saying is, I'm a person who believes in the power of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God is about to be released in your circumstance. That's what I believe. That's what I think that God's going to be doing in and through us in this time. There's other, and I'm not limiting the power of the Holy Spirit to just those two dynamics. Please understand that there is so much more to what the Spirit of God can do. But in, in, in the book of Acts, this is what I've started to see more and more of. See, Jesus didn't teach or work miracles until after he'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, the River Jordan, by John the Baptist. The Spirit of God came down, rested upon Jesus, you know, and then the Spirit of God has led Jesus into the wilderness. He's been in there for 40 days, 40 nights, comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes in filled, but he comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then he starts his earthly ministry. If Jesus had to do that, then how much more do we have to do that as well? How much more do we have to seek the infilling of the Holy Spirit before we start to speak up or to do the things that God asks us to do in this life? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I'm gonna, this is my key text for this morning. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says this, but you will receive, you will, rec you will receive. This is a promise. This is a promise. This is a promise. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. Everywhere. You will receive power and you will testify. There's something that people need to know about what God's doing in the world today. The power of the Holy Spirit flows through us so that we can tell people about Jesus. This is so that Jesus is glorified. Not us. This is not about me and, and you. This is about what God can do. It's so that God gets the praise. In Acts chapter 3, we see the, the story of Peter and John that they heal a man who's been lame from birth. 
This man follows uh, Peter and John into the temple after Peter and John have healed this man. They've just, you know, like silver and gold, I, I, I don't have, but what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and this guy gets up. He's been lame from birth. Then he follows them into the temple. But what does he do? He starts to praise God. This man's leaping. He's dancing. There's joy in his life. Wouldn't you do the same thing if you were lame from birth, God touched you by the power of His Spirit, wouldn't you start to leap and shout and rejoice in the presence of God? If you had such a miracle in your life, I guarantee that you could not stay silent in that moment because you experienced something supernatural. Something divine had happened in your life that you could not stop. This is what happens. You will testify. You can, you're not going to be able to help stop yourself. People are amazed. And they rush up to Peter and John and this guy that's been healed. And in verse 12 of Acts chapter 3, it says this, Peter saw his opportunity. Oh, saints, there's something about to happen. Peter has seen an opportunity and he starts to speak to the crowd. What's he doing? He's witnessing. The power of the Holy Spirit has been released. He's received power. This guy has been healed miraculously and, and everyone's gathered around and, and Peter doesn't cringe back, say, oh no, this is all hush, hush, can't say anything about it. He says, no, nah, there's an opportunity here. Let me grab my soapbox because I want to stand on my soapbox and I want to tell you about how this man has been healed, how this, this has gone about. And Peter witnessed it. He said, people of Israel. He said, what's so surprising about this? This should happen all the time. In our day, the, the power of the Holy Spirit working out through us, this should be an everyday occurrence. Why are we surprised, people of Israel? What's so surprising? And why do you stare at us as though we have made this man walk by our own power or godliness? Peter's laying it, all right, it's nothing to do with me. All I did was pray for the guy and help him up. All I did was to have faith. All I did was allow the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit flow through me and this guy got healed. And that's the guy that you saw leaping around doing the, the, the river dance in the, in the temple area. You know, he's just got up, he's doing the holy jig, he's doing the highland fling, whatever he's doing, but he's just out there dancing because he's been set free and he can walk. Peter starts to witness, to tell people about Jesus. I believe the power of the Holy Spirit flowed because Peter and John had faith in the name of Jesus, but also because they would tell people about Jesus and how this happened. Are we going to do the same? Is there, is there a conviction in you and me that says if something God does or is about to do, then I'm going to speak up? I'll get excited in a minute. I'll get excited. Then I'll start spitting and shouting. Acts chapter, you know how like certain scriptures have the same sort of uh, uh, chapter number and, and verse number? I look for those similarities in various passages like John 3.16. Most everybody knows it. Powerful, powerful scripture that you see quite often at the end zone of NFL games. Someone's holding up John 3.16, just making a witness for Jesus. You know? here's, here's Acts chapter 3 verse 16. What, what it might say. 
It says, through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before because you all walked past when he was begging for money, when he was asking you for something. You all saw him. You all smelt him. You know what he looks like. You know what he smells like because he's a guy that's a lame guy. He's just a, a beggar sitting outside of there. You know what? God touches everybody. He doesn't just touch the rich and famous. He touches everybody. No matter what walk of life we come from, Jesus loves everybody. So he goes on, you saw how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. This is the fulfilment of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. The power of the Holy Spirit was received by Peter and John and it flowed through them into this man and he was raised up and they became a witness to what Jesus had done. It's amazing. Peter had the power of the Holy Spirit flow through him and he told people about Jesus. More and more, I pray that as you start to spend time in the book of Acts, I pray that your eyes are opened to more possibilities right in front of you and you access the power of the Holy Spirit and you start to tell people about Jesus. I pray that there's something that stirs in you. It compels you. It's, you know, it's just like a fire that's shut up in your bones and it's waiting for a release. There's something that's agitating in your spirit. It's something that you say, I've got to say something. There's sometimes you, know, you, you see something with your kids or you see something happen in the community. You see something that's, uh, that's happening in our nation. There's something that stirs in you and it says, I can't let this go unspoken of. I can't let this go continue without having something to say about that. That's what happens, I believe, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. There's an agitation, there's a stirring, there's a quickening in us that, ooh, ooh, I'm, I'm stirred this morning. I should, st- I, I should start preaching any minute. See, here's the deal. Can God trust us enough that we tell people about Jesus as the power of the Holy Spirit flows through us. Can you be entrusted with a miracle? Can you be entrusted with what the Spirit of God wants to do through you? See, what's stopping us from telling people about Jesus? What's stopping us from witnessing for Jesus? What's stopping us in talking about our faith about Jesus? What's stopping us from telling our family and friends what we did on Sunday morning? I went to church. I went to church, I sang some songs, my heart was moved, my life was changed because of what I did on a Sunday morning, what I did on a Monday morning when I read my Bible. (laughs) Sacre bleu. Is it what people might think that we remain silent? Is it what people might say about us if we start talking about Jesus? Is that what stops us? We fear man more than we want to testify about what God says. Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 31. I'm not going to read this for you. I'm just going to walk us through this baby. Okay, ready for this? Here we go. Peter and John, they get dragged into this meeting of highfalutin big, big town boys. CEOs, CFOs, UFOs. 
He's in this, this room and he gets called in to them. You see, because what God had done by the power of his Holy Spirit with this man, healing this lame man, okay, there were some people who didn't like this. There were some people that were ticked off mightily about what Peter and John had done, uh, what the power of the Spirit of God had done through them. Uh, they were upset. So they dragged Peter and John into this and they say, guys, what's going on? And they're, they're really upset. But here's the deal. Not everyone was upset. Some people They got saved. They got born again. Their lives were completely different because Peter and John suddenly stood this man on his feet by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what they saw, these people saw in that moment, gripped them. And they believed what Peter and John were saying to them in that moment. It's verse 4 of Acts chapter 4 says, But many who heard the message believed and trusted and relied in Jesus as the Christ, and their number grew to about 5,000. <laughs> How good is that? The church just had this massive explosive growth and you wouldn't be able to get a seat in your church anymore. You couldn't even get a park. Your chariot would have to be down the road somewhere. What an amazing thing to happen. Wow. Wow. Because Peter and John told the people about Jesus. They spoke up. They witnessed to these people. Many people believed and they were saved. They were born again. I think it's amazing. The ones who didn't like what Peter and John said of Jesus had them arrested. They get dragged into this meeting. Peter and John are questioned by the authorities. In verses 5 to 7 of Acts chapter 4, it says this, the following day, so overnight, Peter and John, they've been in this prison in the morning. The following day, the magistrates and elders and scribes were assembled in Jerusalem, including Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and all the others who belonged to the high priestly relationship. They set Peter and John in their midst, and they repeatedly demanded. They're saying, to catch these words. Listen to the, the language of this. He says, by what sort of power or by what kind of authority did such people as you how can you do this? How can you do this? How could you do this healing? And how many people have said to us maybe at one time or another, you're kidding. How can you believe this about Jesus? How can you believe the Bible? How could you be baptised with the Holy Spirit and speak? How could you do that? How could you believe that God would do this? People have said that to us, haven't they? At least the ones that spoken up about Jesus have. Oh. Ow. See, people will be amazed because of the Holy Spirit. We'll use such people as us. 
I praise God. It says in Corinthians that, you know, he uses the, the, the weak things to, to shame the strong. He uses the, the, uh, the, un, the, was it, the foolish things to, to confound the wise. I praise God that I don't know everything. I praise God that I give room for God to move in my circumstance. I'm not the smartest cookie in the, in the uh, cookie jar. I'm not the sharpest tool in the toolbox, whatever it is. You know, I'm about as sharp as a bowling ball in some areas. So, I mean, God can use me, God can use anyone. I believe that opportunities to speak about Jesus abound in our lives. I believe that every meeting, a coffee at a cafe, a school pickup, chat over the neighbour's fence, a Zoom meeting, the Holy Spirit can use them all. The Holy Spirit will use them if we are willing to take a risk and step out in faith and take the opportunity. In verses 8 to 10 of Acts 4, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, answered. I love his language because he doesn't disrespect these people. He speaks to them with respect and honour. And our language as Christians, we should always talk to people with respect and honour because that person is a person that God loves and therefore anything that I say may have an impact on them receiving the gospel of Jesus Christ. So he speaks to them. He says, respected elders and leaders of the people, listen. Are we being put on trial today for doing an act of kindness by healing a frail, crippled man? Well then, you and everyone else in Israel should know it's by the power and of the name of Jesus that the crippled man stands here today completely healed. You crucified Jesus Christ of Nazareth, but God raised him from the dead. Peter's on fire, baby. He's just like lit up. He's like a just a firebrand. He's going for it. The rulers tell Peter, Peter and, and John, stop talking about Jesus. Don't talk about Jesus. These people couldn't deny that a miracle had happened. They just didn't want to know about it because it threatened their position. It threatened their faith. It, it threatened their walk in God. They didn't want to know about it. They didn't want to acknowledge it. And they didn't want to allow Peter and John to continue to talk about it anymore. So they, they, they threatened Peter and John. They sternly warned him. that they, they, they even threatened and intimidated Peter and John in this moment. They take the, like they're trying to make Peter and John afraid to, to speak up. They're trying to silence them. Who's threatened you and made you stop talking about Jesus? Who's intimidated you to stop stop talking about Jesus? Who has robbed you of the absolute joy of talking about Jesus? Who's robbed you this morning? Acts chapter 4 verses 19 to 20. This is Peter and John, their reply. Peter and John said, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We can't stop telling people about everything that we've seen and heard. 
They were captivated by the love of God so much, by His grace. They knew how much they'd been forgiven. They knew how much that they stood in the righteousness of Christ. They weren't holy in their own selves, but they were holy because of what Christ had done through them. We had that same experience. I'm not righteous in my own ability. I'm righteous because of Jesus. I'm holy because of Jesus. I've been set free because of Jesus. There's a joy that you can't stop me talking about Jesus. I celebrate those this morning who are stepping out in faith like Peter and John. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to to champion you and get behind you and say, go for it, go for it, go for it. Because this is what it says in Galatians 6, 9. It says this, don't allow yourselves. And I'm talking to you today. Those people that are stepping out in faith, those people that are talking about Jesus, those people that are doing what God asks them to do in that moment, don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest that you planted, it's coming. It's coming, church. It's coming. There's a revival that wants to sweep this land. But there's a people that need to rise up, to arise in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's a people that need to take a hold of the message and not be afraid to talk about their faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. See, Peter and John were under divine command. They were under a divine inspiration. They were under a divine commission. So are we. So are we. I'm under a divine commission. I've been commissioned. What is it? It's the great commission. It's his great commission. Peter and John had given their lives to Jesus because Jesus had given his life for them. He's given his life for you. Did you know that this morning? Jesus died so that you can have life this morning. Online, there, Jesus died so that you can have life today. Matthew chapter 10, verses 37 to 39 says this, whoever loves father or mother or son or daughter or their sporting achievements more than me is not fit to be my disciple. And whoever comes to me, must follow in my steps and be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own. Or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. All who seek to live apart from me will lose it all. But those who let go of their lives for my sake and surrender it all to me will discover true life. True life. It's crunch time, saints. We're in the bottom of the ninth inning. We're in the last minute of overtime. The whistle's about to blow. The clock is at 11.59 and 50 seconds. We're in crunch time. We live in the last days. We are living in the last days. Unless we speak up about Jesus, there are going to be people that go to hell and they could have found out through you and me. There are neighbours that need to hear the message of the gospel that Jesus died for them, that he loves them, that he cares for them, that he's made a way for them to experience eternal life in the love and the grace of God. Who will listen? 
Who, who will we listen to? Will we listen to those who threaten and intimidate us, trying to stop us from living out the divine command, the divine commission that we are all under? Could I tell you that there is the voices of political correctness that are shouting at us today. They are trying to silence us and I will not be silenced. There are politically active groups that are trying to stop our freedom of religion and our freedom of speech. I will not shut up. I have been told by people that in a political, like a, 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 a nice conversation, you should never talk about government, taxes or religion. I will always talk about Jesus. Friends tell us what they did on their weekend, how much beer they drank, the level of stuff that they got up to on their weekend. But then as soon as I start to say, you know what, I had the most amazing time in church. No, I don't want to hear that. Now, hang on a minute. You just explained to me all about your weekend. Foot, shoes on my foot now. I want to tell you about the most amazing time I had in church. I was surrounded by a group of people who love Jesus. They worshipped him. The atmosphere was electric. And I believe that the Bible is true. I believe that as I worship him, he touches my life and I set myself up for eternity. That's what I did on a Sunday morning. See, South Australia needs more Holy Spirit-filled believers who are prepared to stand against the tidal wave of incursions into decency, freedom of religion, and the freedom of speech that we all face. Peter and John didn't bow to the pressure, the intimidation or the threats to stay silent and not to tell people about Jesus. In fact, they prayed one of the most bold and daring prayers that I've seen in the, in the, in the New Testament. It's an amazing, amazing prayer. Listen to this. Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 30. You need to highlight this baby in your Bible. You need to get your pen and underline on your iPhone, like on the screen there. Get your pen, underline it, because you need to, to, to have this on, on, in your life. It says this, so now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. So that he's praying this, knowing that there's threats, knowing that there's harm, knowing that there's intimidation coming. He says, empower us, empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand, God Almighty, uh, the, the hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And at that moment, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building that they were in to tremble. And then God answers their prayer. He says in this verse 31, he says, each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit and they proclaimed the Word of God with unrestrained boldness. And I'm spitting everywhere. <clears throat> Umbrellas for the front row. I want this prayer. I want this in my life. I want to be filled with a boldness and a courage to freely proclaim the, the name of Jesus. Is there anyone in this place 
that is willing to pray that prayer to? Is there anyone that says, I want to be included in that? I'm going to start to declare that over my life. I'm going to start to declare that in my world. See, despite the threats, the intimidation and the fear of harm, Peter and John prayed to speak the Word of God freely, courageously, with signs and wonders, all because of Jesus. We need that same attitude that Peter had. In Acts chapter 5, the very next chapter we read, that Peter and some of the other apostles, they are arrested again. Why? Because they've been telling people about Jesus. They refused to shut up. You couldn't keep them quiet despite the intimidation, despite the fear, despite possibly losing some friends, despite what people in the, in the government might have said to them. And, and, and Jesus, it says in Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says this, we're wit- Peter says, We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey Him. Are you a person that is going to obey Jesus Christ? Could you, do you want the Holy Spirit? then you've got to obey the Holy Spirit. You've got to obey what God says. You've got to do what God asks. So when you're going down the street and you're on the, in a rush to get somewhere and you suddenly feel the Holy Spirit say to you, you need to stop. There's a person sitting in that bus stop. They need Jesus. They need me. And I've got a word for them. Are we going to stop? Or are we going to continue to make sure we don't we get late for our appointment? Because I'm going to tell you right now, a life filled with and being led by the Holy Spirit is absolutely inconvenient. He will talk to you about the most strange things, most wonderful things. And you know what? You just don't have the time. But are you going to obey? Peter and the others, they are released again. They're told not to speak about Jesus, but this time they're flogged. They are whipped. This time, there was some skin they lost because of standing up and speaking about Jesus. Peter and the others didn't go away defeated or downcast or crying or whinging about the injustice of it all. Well, did you say, I stood up for Jesus and I got whipped for I got flogged. What's that about? I mean, come on. I mean, surely I shouldn't get flogged for just talking about Jesus. Surely I should, you know. No, 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 no. Different mentality, different outlook, different attitude that they had. They went away rejoicing and thrilled that God had counted them worthy. It says in in, uh, in verses 41 to 42 of Acts chapter 5, the apostles left there rejoicing, thrilled that God had considered them worthy to suffer disgrace for the name of Jesus. Not about our reputation. And nothing stopped them. They kept preaching every day in the temple courts and went from house to house preaching the gospel of Jesus, God's anointed one. The apostles, they rejoiced and were thrilled because they'd been counted and considered worthy to suffer for Jesus. What an incredible attitude. What an incredible attitude that can be ours today. What Jesus had done for them, what he's done for us, has got to be shared. It's got to be shared. Saints, it's time to arise and tell people about Jesus. It's time to arise in the power of the Holy Spirit and speak up. It's time to arise in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and declare the love and the forgiveness of God Almighty. Is it easy to talk about Jesus? Yes. 
Yes, it's easy to talk about Jesus when we realise all that Jesus has done for us about his love, his grace and the hope and the forgiveness that's available to us. Yes, it's easy to talk about Jesus. Is there any danger ahead about telling people about Jesus? I want to tell you, yes, there is. Yes, there is. You might get rejected. You might get ridiculed. You might get mocked. You may even lose some friends. We may even be, yes, arrested and charged with an offence because I see these days coming, church. I see these days coming. There is, it's happening now. This is, this is coming to Australia, for goodness sake. Did you think that we would be like absolved from having this happen to us just because we're Australian? Victoria, that's in Australia. It's happening there right now. Did you ever think that the day would come when it's an offence to harm or injure an animal, but it's okay to abort a full-term baby? Galatians chapter 6, verse 17. This is the Apostle Paul. I love Paul. Wrote most, like the majority of the New Testament. He says, From now on, let no person trouble me by making it necessary for me to vindicate my apostolic authority and the divine truth of my gospel. In other words, what he's saying is this. In other words, Paul's saying, I'm speaking up and not staying silent about Jesus regardless of the risks. Then he says this. Paul says, For I bear on my body the brand marks of the Lord Jesus, the wounds, scars, and other outward evidence of persecutions, these testify to his ownership of me. These things, these marks on my body, the things that have happened to me, happened to me because I made a stand and I spoke up for Jesus. Because he's realized that he's not his own. He's been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. And he's not his own. He's Jesus. Here's a question. Before I ask the question, <clears throat> can I have maybe two or three minutes more? Then I'm done, I promise. There's a film that I like, but I hate, okay? I, I saw this film and I never went back in the water for, at the beach for years. The film's Jaws. Okay? There's a certain part in this film, Jaws, where they're sitting inside the boat. They've had a couple of ales and they're starting to get a bit rowdy. And, and um, they start to compare the scars and the wounds that they've had in their travels as, as fishermen, as oceanic uh, people who study fish, um, stuff like that, you know. So they're starting to... They, they, one guy, he's got this like big scar on his, on his 
shin there. He says that, that was through a, a bull shark. It just sort of had a bit of a, a nibble on my leg. And then Quint, the, 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 the big burly fisherman, he says, oh, I got that beat, I got that beat. He says, and he pulls up his leg and he's got this scar on his leg. It's big, like a thresher shark. The tail has just flicked his, it's got a big scar there. And then you know, they're doing all this, the different scars that they've got. And then Chief Brody, the policeman, chief, chief of police, right? He, he just turns to the side a little bit, lifts up the bottom of his shirt and just looks at his appendix scar. That, that was the extent of his scars, okay? What are the scars that we've got because of Jesus? Well, what are the scars that we carry because of our faith in Christ? What are the scars that we could show people? Now, I know that many of us have them. Brokenness, failure, hurts, hardships. You, you carry this stuff. Rejection, hurt, woundedness. See, I pray that we never suffer the scars, the wounds, the brandings that, that Paul talks about, that Jesus experienced, that the majority of the disciples, I believe there's only one disciple, I'm, I'm open to correction on this, but I believe there's only one disciple that died of natural causes. And I believe that was John. I believe. The others were all martyred, all martyred. They all lost their life for the sake of Christ. Can I have the team back up? I believe that the church of Jesus Christ has got to stand up and speak up. We've got to stand up and speak up about Jesus about our values, about the things that we hold dear, for the right and the privilege of freedom of religion, of freedom of speech. We've got to stand up for this. I'm not talking about anarchy. Please don't hear that that's what I'm saying to you today. I believe that we need to honour those who are in authority. The Bible tells us we need to pray for those who are in authority. Well, what I am talking about is walking in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to bring freedom and life and healing and hope to our world. That's what I'm talking about. And I've got to tell you right now, who here believes for revival? We, absolutely, yeah? Yeah, okay. Unless we tell people about Jesus, then revival's a pipe dream. Unless we stand up and say, you know what? I don't care what people think of me anymore. Surely Jesus is worth it. Surely. I don't want to be like Peter. Now, Peter got restored, but he's all gung-ho. Yes, uh, Sunday, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stand up for Jesus. I'll never deny you, Jesus. Three times. Three times. Peter is asked, you're one of those, aren't you? No, no, I don't know what you're talking about. What did you do on Sunday? Oh, I just had a good time. Just did some stuff, went out on Sunday morning, but yeah. Where's our, where's our voice for Jesus? And you know what? 
Jesus saw that one day we wouldn't quite do it. Now he, he says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. You're already forgiven for those times. And I'm forgiven for the times that I didn't speak up. I'm not pointing the finger every, please don't see that. I fail as much as anybody else in this. We live in a, 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 a season, a time when we have to speak. We have to speak. We have to speak. Can we stand? <clears throat> First of all, I just want to make a way for you to know about Jesus. I want to make a way. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then we shall be saved. I want to tell you, if you, unless you are in a personal, life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ, that the Bible says you won't have eternal life. The way to eternal life is through Jesus. It's through accepting Him as your Lord and Saviour. There are consequences to not living for Jesus. And I pray that you never find out about those, those consequences. Or maybe that you need to. There's a Christless eternity that awaits. It's called hell. I don't want to frighten you into the kingdom of God. I want to love you into the kingdom of God. I want you to experience God's love like I've experienced, like so many people here have experienced it. Online, right now, I'm speaking to you. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Is there anyone this morning you just want to know that your eternal future is secure by believing in Jesus and being born again? The Bible calls it being born again. Is there anyone here this morning? Just put your hand up nice and tall so I can see it. You want eternal life. You want to experience a life-giving change. Your, your life will change from this point. It won't get easier, I can guarantee. But you know what? You've got help when you do that. Is there anyone here this morning? Just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it. Anyone? If online you want to do that, just put some comments in the section below and we'll get in touch with you if you can give us a contact details. Father, I thank you for your people today and I pray that we have the courage to pray this in Jesus' name. This is my personalised version of the uh, passage today. Now, I hope it's up on the screen. should be up there in a moment. <clears throat> this is what I want us to pray. It's Acts chapter 4, verses 29 to 31. Here's, here's the deal. Don't pray it because the person next to you is praying it. Pray it because this is what you want to happen. Pray it because you want to live this. Pray it because you want the Holy Spirit to give you the courage to speak this. You ready? I'm ready. I want to pray this. So now, Lord, I pray, despite the threats and intimidation to stay silent, I ask that you, by the power and anointing of the Holy Spirit, empower me as your servant to speak the Word of God freely and courageously. 
I pray that as I speak courageously, that you stretch out your hand of power through me to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your Holy Son, Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people today. I thank you for the, putting a, something in their spirit today that's going to just continue to grow. It's going to continue to grow. It's going to continue to grow. Father, bless them, encourage them in their faith. Give them someone to talk to about Jesus this week in Jesus' wonderful Name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.